What did we just watch, Amy? We just watched Nightmare Alley. And these are our first impressions with spoilers. And I'm, I'm just going to remember to say that first thing off there the bat. So uh, it's a new-ish film. If you don't want to have any spoils, go... Don't listen start, to the don't, podcast. Don't listen to it. But these are our first impressions. We just finished watching it. Can with I ask our cat. you what show we watched that had an interview with Bradley Cooper about this movie? It was an interview... There she is. She's here. Felicity has arrived. <laughs> we were taking bets on how long it would take it for her long. to come with the door closed, and here she is. I, it was it was probably James Corden. I mean, James Corden or was my guess. Stephen Colbert. It could have been Colbert. It could have been. It. I feel like it was Colbert. I think Corden. I know what you're gonna say. What am I gonna say, Amy? Uh, the clip that they showed for that interview for promoting the movie was the very last, like, 30 seconds of the film. Yeah. And, like, who who signed off on that? That was a terrible choice to be the promotional (laughs) scene for the film. Now, granted, I do think that that was the best moment of acting. Well, it was certainly the, the most film. moment of acting. That's true. It was the most moment of acting of the film. <laughs> so, maybe that's why they uh, chose it. Yeah, but such a weird, non-representative choice for this film. hmm And... I, like, I honestly spent... Most of the movie waiting for that scene because I had seen the clip of it. I didn't remember that scene until we got to it, and I was like, "Oh yeah, this is the scene they showed when we saw him interviewed <laughs> on normal late night yeah. shows." Um, what a terrible choice! That's all I can think about. Uh, well, the promotional stuff for this film was really bad i in general <laughs> maybe bad is the wrong word but the trailers i saw made it look very interesting it did not sell you on it, it. did not sell me on it says well like okay guillermo del toro does interesting things yeah. i like the actors i'll give the film a try even though the trailer is not selling me mm-hmm. on well despite this. not being sold on the trailer what did you think of the movie i did not like it really that's fascinating i want to know why i liked the production design a Uh lot um i think that kate blanchett has a face made for noir lighting and she should probably be in every noir film ever (laughs) made i can't argue with that yeah um (laughs) but i found well let's back up okay what is this movie about this movie is about uh down and out guy played by Bradley Cooper. Yeah. Kind of stumbles onto a carnival and ends up working there odd jobs mm-hmm. and then eventually becomes takes a on mentalist. roles and takes on yeah, he becomes a mentalist and leaves the carnival to get the like rich yeah. clients. Do a hotel do show. Do hotel shows. And then he takes his mentalism a little too far with the wrong people. Mm-hmm. And um then violence happens, and then he's down and out again. It's a real rags um, to riches to rags story. Yep. 
that's the story. I found Stan Bradley Cooper's character. Uh, I don't know if boring is the right. Uninteresting. Mm -hmm. I was not interested or invested in him as a character. That's interesting. Um, I liked the work that Tony Collette was doing as the. I, mean, I generally like the work Tony Collette does. Yeah, <laughs> I do. I do generally like. So I'm a little biased there. Yeah. Um, I liked Kate. Blanchett being mysterious, like, deep-voiced, sexy, <laughs> noir, psychoanalyst. Yeah, but I'm pretty sure you like Kate Blanchett and everything yep. also. Yep. So not saying I'm not biased. No, no, I'm not, I'm not accusing you of not being biased. I'm just saying uh, this is another Kate Blanchett success story we can drop on the pile. Um, boy, I wasn't invested in the story. <laughs> <laughs> I wondered where it was, I was wondering where it was going. Um, I thought it was going to be more interesting than it was because you have Guillermo del Toro and a carnival. Right? Like, there's so much there that could have been done and I thought we were going to look at, like, Like, the last thing and, I wrote down and, was, like, there was no supernatural anything. Which, there doesn't have to be in a Guillermo del Toro movie, I guess. But... Yeah, you sell me a Guillermo del Toro carnival film. It didn't have to be a supernatural car, but carnivals are inherently like interesting. Oh yeah, it's like they're fascinating. Uh, Topsy turvy society. Mm -hmm. It's outcasts coming yeah. together. Um, Often, it's, like the only way they can control their destinies, but they do have a lot of power within they those have spaces. Some agency. Yeah. Um, and yeah, this did not have much or anything of that. No, it wasn't. It wasn't yeah. interesting what was happening to me in, mm -hmm. I in wanted, the side show. I wanted more of, particularly in the first half, um, more of the like behind the scenes of how the the tricks work. Because mm -hmm. we had a lot of like hints towards that. Um, of like we saw how. Tony Collette did her mentalism. Mm -hmm. um, we saw some of the machinations of that, and that her her partner had come yes. up with this system. Yep. Pete. Uh, Pete. Uh, wait, David Strayhorn. Yeah, I recognized him. Um, and I like him as well. And I like. Yeah, I, I like liked, everyone in the cast. Um, I liked Pete and Lena's relationship. Yeah, but that that was an interesting dynamic that they had. Mm-hmm. Um. I yeah, I wanted to know more about the mentalism. Mm -hmm. Well, and because I, I think I think those things are fascinating. Mm -hmm. Obviously, you and I both like how stage performances work. Well, and one of the credit—not credits, but people thanked at the end was Teller. Oh, that's fascinating. But I don't. It just said Teller, so well, that's Teller. Oh, okay, okay, that's his yeah. name. He doesn't so have So just other tell her. That's right. I got I got mixed up there for a second. So I wondered yeah. if he worked on some of the I mean, I'm sure he did. I mean, that's that's tricks. cool. Um, although now that I know Teller like worked on this in any way, like I feel let down by how little they went into the background of all of this mm -hmm. sort of stuff because I think um, from what I know of Teller's work and what I've seen because I saw his Macbeth that he directed that was fascinating. Mm -hmm. 
Um, and, and a lot of that is like he knows how to make theatricality and magic work really well, but he also knows it's really cool to see how it's done. Mm -hmm. And we didn't see how any of it was done. No, we just get to the end product, which is like your basic psychic Yeah, Bob's standard psychic grift. Like, they didn't do anything interesting with it, which is fine, I think, for the story they're telling. Um... Because it, it's, it's about the didn't... people, it's not about yeah. the, the, the You know, tricks. you've got this, this con man at the center of everything. Um, and then, oh no, he gets conned. Except he doesn't really get conned, which is disappointing. I, so when we watched the trailer on YouTube and one of the videos next to it was... Ending the explained. ending explained. Oh, and God. I was like, oh, great. It's going to be one of those movies with like an ending that the example. people on the internet are like, what? I don't understand. Well, I understood the ending, and we can get to that. I understood the ending, but I have no idea what happened with Kate Blanchett's character. I do not know what she was trying to pull. No, um, I feel like, she and that was, was let almost down. the end. And I, I was like, well, if they had maybe, maybe in the YouTube video they explained that part. <laughs> I'll clear it up for you. You know it's not going to be that. It's going to be, hey, remember when Willem Dafoe's character described his process? See? (laughs) Yeah, no, Uh, I I think they just left Kate Blanchett's character hanging. Well, they did, like, so so Kate Blanchett and Bradley Cooper's character kind of go in together. She's a psychoanalyst. Mm -hmm. She's seen some of the people, the elites that he's going to con. Yes. And... So she feeds him some information on it, and mm-hmm. the kind of he offers to go in fifty fifty with her, and she's like, "I don't care about the money," but she puts it in the safe for safekeeping, and yeah. he comes, he gets busted. Yeah, he yeah. he blows his cover. He blows his uh, cover. He, this, this was his fault. He could have walked away at any moment. Yeah. <laughs> and he comes to collect his money, and then she pulls something. And she acts like, like he's a deranged patient. Like, yes, um, he's a deranged. She turns on his record, the rec- her recording, mm-hmm. um, and starts like psychoanalyzing him, say how he how he's deranged, and uh, but then she turns off the recording and is like, "No, really, I, <laughs> I'm going to con you, or I, I con you," and she's taken. You know, all the money and, and replaced it with dollar bills when it was yeah. hundreds of... It was hundreds and now it's Stacks singles. of hundreds, now it's stacks of singles. And she's got him. And she's told him she's got him. And... Shoots him. Yeah, which... I guess he got better. <laughs> I think she shot his ear. It okay. grazed the that ear. Was, that that's, was not immediately clear, but that's I buy what that. I, yeah. yeah, so she... Either she missed or... She. I mean, I take it that she missed. I, did it? I, <laughs> she didn't I read that as she was trying to kill him um, after setting up her alibi. And I have no idea where this came from. What the motivation was? What she was? I mean, I can I can answer that. I don't think it's a strong answer, but I can tell you what I think the film is saying. So our introduction to Kate Blanchett's character is she is at one of his mentalism shows. And she tries to expose him as a fraud. 
um, she's figured out that his assistant is passing him messages, which is what's describing the items he's supposedly mm. seeing. Um, which is a, a system for describing items. Like, that's that's an old con trick yep. that mentalists used. Um, and then he reads her. He does the cold reading and embarrasses her. And the rest of her plot is revenge for that. Mm. Um, because that's what she's talking about when she's like standing over him is, is alluding to that. I don't know if it was explicit, but like, that's not great motivation for this character. Oh, see, I was working so much harder. I was thinking that the film was trying to make like a connection between the psychoanalysis and the mentalism are both connected and reading people and analyzing them. And that's like in real life, that's a like not how psychology works. works. But in a 1940s noir film, that makes that would, total yeah, sense about like oh well, she's on the legitimate side of mm-hmm. mentalism, and he's on the con side yeah. of it. But. Well, and you get you do get references with David Strayhorn's character being like, I had to stop because it was it was too powerful and it was harming people. Um, there's a sort of like running thing, like you don't do spook shows, you don't evoke spirituality mm-hmm. and and you know, you don't pretend to see the dead. I, because I knew I was watching a Guillermo del Toro movie, expected a ghost to show up if you did that, but we didn't have that. Which again is fine. It doesn't need to have that, but um, it's just, oh, you do that, and it's bad? The movie didn't know why it was bad, other than it's immoral. It's Yeah, it's immoral. But all of what, I mean, I guess, if you're doing stage mentalism, it's not immoral, because people know to some extent that it's a trick. When you do it for real... Well, that was the line yeah. that he crossed, yeah. according to Molly, his yeah. his partner, girlfriend, mm-hmm. um, assistant, who is, he completely kind of Just <laughs> tosses, tosses, aside. tosses to the side um, as he gets more successful. So that was the line for her. Yeah. Was when... and, and reasonably so. And I understand that. And um, I do think there is a difference between pretending to read someone's mind in a stage show and pretending to contact their dead loved ones. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there is a moral difference there. Probably because I've read a lot of stuff about te- by Teller who has, who has talked about that. And I, I think that maybe part of his Bradley Cooper, Stan, his character doesn't really go on a journey for me. He starts as kind of maybe a sketchy, mm-hmm. we don't know much about him kind of as we learn more about him, we see he's, he's not really a, great guy yeah. from but I never thought he was a great guy. but I never thought he was a great guy so the things that you told me about his past didn't really like surprise yeah. me or give me more knowledge like, about him like I was pretty sure he killed Pete yep that was clearly well because you have the Chekhov's gun earlier where Willem Dafoe's like this liquor is poison this liquor I feed to all the carnies for a quarter yeah <laughs> Always get the this, bottle out of this, out of this one. one. Not this one. Don't drink the poison liquor that's in the exact same bottle. And we wouldn't be told that if it wasn't going to come into play later. Yeah, and of course the last thing we see Bradley Cooper do before he dies is buy a bottle of liquor for Pete. 
Um, no, not before Bradley Cooper dies. Before Pete's character. So before Pete's dies. before Pete dies, the last thing we see is Bradley Cooper buy a bottle of liquor. Yeah. Um, and try and steal the book of mentalism secrets. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that like was very clear. So when it's revealed later, it's revealed to Kate Blanchett's character more than it felt like it was being revealed to us. And similarly, like when we see his, the death of his father, which we get glimpses of from the very beginning mm-hmm. of the movie, like, oh, he let him die. That was in character. Like, that, there was, yep. the, that matches what I have seen of this person. When the opening scene is him dragging a dead body, putting it under a house, and then burning the house down, you gotta think it probably, probably something sketchy yeah. happened there. <laughs> So the the reveal such as it is of like, oh, he let his father die at the end, or, you know, how cruel of him. It's like, yeah, that, that tracks. That tracks. Well, when we get to the end of the movie when his his position has been completely upended and he's mm-hmm. going to become the geek. Mm-hmm. So the homeless drunk who is going to basically be caged mm-hmm. and captured and drugged into being a sideshow act. Yeah. Uh, that's his... He's come now full circle from yep. like taking care of the geek, the geek to becoming the geek himself. Um, I felt like that's what the film wanted me to see is the change, that full circle yeah, of it. Yeah, no, it, it absolutely did. But it didn't... It's like, y- yep. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I mean, you could... So it's interesting to me... Um, I don't... F- feel much about this. I was literally just looking at Wikipedia before we started recording the podcast. And this is based on a 40s noir era novel. Yes. And there was another film film from like 47, which I didn't know before watching it, but that both of those facts to me inform the structure of this a lot mm-hmm. more. Um, because the plot cycle very much felt lifted out of one of those Mm -hmm. rather than doing anything interesting with them because we've seen that story. Not, Mm -hmm. Not the specifics of it, but I've seen that arc in many noir films. Yes. And in many of these stories. And, like, yeah, those are, those are true, but, like, even... I say even like it's not a big deal but like Hitchcock did a lot of stuff that changed those stories and like the sort of man out of his depth or one wrong decision can mm-hmm. cause all of these problems and bigger complicated things whereas this was like baseline plotting of a noir film there was not a lot of interesting choices made. The, the most interesting was just to look at the production design and yeah. see the quality of the color schemes, the cinematography, the lighting that emphasizes the noirness of it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was a great movie to look at. Yeah. It was very pretty. Yeah. <laughs> but, and in conclusion, this is why I did not like the film. <laughs> For these reasons. These reasons. Um, you seem surprised by that take on it. I, I was. I don't know that I liked it. I don't know that I disliked it. I I was fine with it. I'm not angry with it. No, I'm I not don't like. Think so. Don't watch it. No. Um, 
It is up for Best Picture, and of all the Best Picture films nominees I've seen so far, um, it is one of them. It feels like the type of film that would be up for Best Picture that gets me very frustrated with yes. the Oscars. Yeah, I definitely. So we we watched. We've now watched two Best Picture nominees: Power of the Dog, three, because we watched Power of the Dog, Dune, and Nightmare Alley. Um, and of those, Power of the Dog was the best by far. Mm-hmm. Um, we haven't watched the other ones yet. Although I would like to watch West Side Story. Oh, I definitely want to watch West Side Drive Story. Drive My Car. We talked about Drive My Car we today. Did. I decided I was not in the mood for a three-hour meditative Japanese film. Yeah, fair. <laughs> but it did look interesting. Because yeah. you described me that it was three hours in the car. I, I may not have described it accurately, and for that I apologize. <laughs> so, <that is laughs> um, but I do think it's interesting that, like, of the nominations that this movie has has gathered, it was obviously Best Picture. It's up there for that. Um, but then cinematography, costume design, and production Which design. Which are the best parts of the film. Yeah. Like, the direction, not anything particularly just to write home about. The acting was good, but not earth-shattering. Honestly, again, the, the final mm-hmm. scene was like the Bradley Cooper I'm acting scene for an Oscar. The rest of it was Bradley Cooper just doing stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, lots of famous people in it, though. Lots of people I recognized. That, that was exciting. Good. It was fine. Yeah. You know, one of the most interesting pieces of it, which is a, like a very small and um, like doesn't need to be expanded on, but um, the fact that Xena, Tony Collette's character, mm-hmm. who is the stage medium, yeah, um, is a stage medium and knows the tricks and knows it's, it's kind of a grift. Yeah. And, um, it's less of a grift when it, as we said, it's on stage and yeah. people know when it's that in a carnival. Like there yeah. is a certain expectation of fakeness, yeah. but she totally believes in the tarot. She's yeah. like, no, this is no; these are real. Yeah. You pull the cards. That's telling. Yeah, yeah, your future. Although it's I I I read her belief in tarot as. Um, not strictly one of like a supernatural belief, but about the sort of reflexiveness of tarot. And it's about what you read and how you interpret the cards and what your actions then can say. But but yes, it was a very strong belief of hers that she, she held and was, was close to. I think that's interesting. It says a lot. I'm reaching for something interesting. <laughs> if that's like one of the most interesting things things to me about yeah um what else did i write down i wrote notes i wrote about tarot i thought that was interesting it made me want to go watch um the like 1934 film freaks which actually starred and was about freak show Mm. people um which has just been a movie i've wanted to watch for a while um, her done Norman Osborne and Hellboy because those I couldn't think of the actors' names. <laughs> <laughs> Norman Osborne. That's Norman Osborne. That's Hellboy. I definitely know who they are. Yeah, well, at least you recognize the actors. Yeah. Uh, 
scam work, fortune telling. I think it may also be telling that a film where a sideshow features so prominently is about a straight white man. <laughs> yeah. That's kind of bland. Yeah. Like, hey, look, there's all these interesting people that we're not paying attention to. Mm-hmm. Um, I agree with that. Uh, what was up with uh, what was up with that scar? Oh, concave Blanchett. Uh, yeah, that's a good question. I don't know. I I wonder. I yeah it it I think now as I'm walking through it and sort of re recapping the whole movie in my head it reads like a character study about someone who's boring or a fable without a moral okay and neither of those are, are particularly complimentary. No, no. <laughs> because, yeah, like we don't we see the the arc of of Bradley Cooper's character, but it's not one of like like he doesn't have a tragic flaw. That I can point to. It's just like, it's just kind of an asshole. Well, I have no sympathy. Yeah. Um, but I'm also not interested in the way that I might be with an anti-hero. Yeah. I may not have sympathy for an anti-hero, but it's fascinating But they're fascinating to watch them, yes. I was not fascinated. No. I was like, yeah, he's just, he's a con man. He's just a con man. The end. And that's, that is disappointing that we never and get he murders much more people. than that. Yeah, he occasionally murders people. So... I mean, there, there were little touches, like the way he killed the geek and the way he killed the rich guy client were the same. He didn't directly kill the geek. He, okay. When the geek escaped, he punched him like four or five yeah. times. Yeah. And then the wound got infected and he died. Yes. Because nobody took care of him because... Yeah. Like, and He's then, a throwaway human being. Literally. Yeah, literally a throwaway. a throwaway human being. And then at the end of the film, when Bradley Cooper loses his temper at being found out, he murders his client in the mm-hmm. same way. It's that he punches him really hard a bunch. Mm-hmm. And then a character's Another like, kind of Chekhov's guy. Yeah, a character's like, you killed him! I'm like, okay, but just having the setup and payoff doesn't actually mean anything. It's just like, this is that thing that was there. Um, you, you have to say something with it. You have to recontextualize it or show how... Like, other than showing the character didn't grow, which I don't think it was trying to do, didn't work because it didn't feel like those moments were connected. And they were just echoes. Hmm. Which does remind me of the fact that... And I think this is interesting. And I, I was thinking about it a little bit when we were watching it, but I was mostly just watching the movie. In that interview where they played the last scene of the movie for some reason... Um, Bradley Cooper was talking about how they filmed the second half first mm-hmm. and then the latter half sometime later because it, it COVID. COVID happened. So they had filmed the second half, the start of COVID, they had to postpone for a period of time and then they then filmed the stuff in the sideshow mm-hmm. in the carnival 
Um, and they're like, that allowed us to do things like, you know, make changes based on what had happened and, and build in these sort of echoes and call forwards. And it felt like it was, that may have been done in a very shallow way rather than actually creating a lot of meaning between them. That's all. That's all I thought. I did like the part in the carnival the first half of the film more than the second half. Yeah. For the, for well, because at least in the first half you get glimpses of something interesting going on. Mm -hmm. um, there's still some mystery around it. The, the medium, like, I'm going to fleece rich people plot line was real boring. I've seen that plot line. They didn't do anything interesting with it. The stakes never felt real. You, you literally had, like, a beefy guy show up and say, Don't lie! Like, okay... Rooney Mara's character was very bland yeah. girlfriend. Yeah. Uh, didn't have anything to do with that character. No. There isn't much there. And of course he becomes less interested in her as... As, as the story good. does. Um, yeah. But I also don't feel much for her because I don't... I don't have a lot of sense of who she is. It's, it's a type. It's yeah. not a... Not a character. Anyways, Cliff Notes version. We're very lukewarm on the film. Yeah, it's fine. Where we landed. It's not, not my favorite film of the year. But not the worst film of the year. No. I've seen worse. Can't think of any right now. I'm, but I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure. Alright, you want to tell them about our podcast? Yeah, we have a podcast. <laughs> it's where we talk about films right after we watch them. <sighs> Sort of like this podcast that you just listened to. Why do you uh, let me talk, Amy? <laughs> I can't. I can't not let you talk. That would be mean. Yeah. Would you like to tell them about our Patreon? Sure. Since you were so kind to tell them about our podcast, I'll tell them about <laughs> our Patreon. We've got a Patreon that helps support our podcast that Amy just told you about. Uh, we. You can go to patreon.com slash five degrees and support us on a per episode basis if you feel like it. We are appreciative of any and all support that we get. There are two whole perks that you get for being uh, Patroni, because I'm still trying to make Patroni happen. Uh, you get a list of movies we did not watch in any given episode, because I will often pick a selection of films for Amy to choose which one we watch. And then we watch that one, and then we sometimes make a podcast about it. Uh, sometimes we don't. We skipped a podcast last week because we didn't have anything to say. We watched two movies we last we week, and two we were like, last I week don't like, have anything uh, to say. Uh, <laughs> uh, but tell you what, if you back us on Patreon, Patreon, I'll tell you what those two movies were um, in the notes for this episode. Uh, the other perk you get is bonus audio versions of the episodes. You get the minutes before and after we start the episode where we talk to our cat, and about our cat, and our cat bites us. And you already got a preview in this episode when our cat came to the door and scratched yeah. and said, let me in, let me, let me in. in. Um, it's a lot of that sort of stuff. Because mostly we appreciate your support because it's what allows us to make the show. So yes. if Thank you want to give us a listening. bucket episode, you are welcome to do so. You can, of course... Set a monthly cap. If we release too many episodes in a month, you're like, no, thank you. I don't want to pay that. We get it, and that's fine, too. Yeah, but we're going to build a house soon, and we'll probably not be doing 40 episodes a month. Not during the home building process. <laughs> not during no. the home building process. <laughs> yeah, it takes up a lot of our time. Yeah. 
I think that's all the things. I Listen think to the us, things. rate us on your favorite podcatcher. Tell your friends about us. Yeah. Say goodnight, Kevin. Goodnight, Kevin.